welcome to the first episode of Bollywood is for Lovers. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In our inaugural episode, we're going to discuss who we are and why we love Hindi cinema, a.k.a. Bollywood, as well as... Common misconceptions about Bollywood, and finally, our picks for films to watch if you're new to Bollywood and where you can find them. So yeah, this is the very first ever episode of Bollywood is for Lovers. Welcome, Internet! We're yeah. so happy you decided to join us. Thanks for stopping by. I guess we should probably... Maybe say who we are and why we feel like we're, you know, <laughs> capable of doing a podcast about Bollywood. And why we've chosen to do a podcast about Bollywood, of all things. That's a better way of putting it. <laughs> yes. Um, as I said in the opening, my name is Aaron Fraser. Um, I am a cinephile um, with a BA in film studies. It's what I did in school. Um, and for the past about three years now, I have been co-host of a podcast with Paul Matwichek and Heather Knoll called Trash Art in the Movies, which pits highbrow cinema against brainless entertainment and then declares a victor. Um, so I, I have a background in film, uh, and a very kind of traditional background in film, specifically looking at world cinema, silent film, film, Hollywood film movements, um, but very little exposure to Bollywood. It's only within the past couple of years uh, that I've developed uh, an interest in Bollywood and a passion for Bollywood, and that brings us here. Matt? Yeah, well, uh, I also went to school, but I got a degree in English instead of Bollywood, <laughs> instead of uh, film studies. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that, if you could get a degree in Bollywood. Yeah, that's for sure. Sign me up. Yeah, I, I uh, had almost enough credits to... Uh, get my minor in film studies, but I ended up going with stupid old history, which never comes up ever. Uh, anyway, uh, I currently do some writing for a website called The Pulp, where I'm the arts and film editor there, and uh, yeah, I just started getting into Bollywood basically because of you. I mean, I guess the first Bollywood movie I saw would have been at school, and it would have been uh, Mayboob's uh, May uh, Mother India, yes. which I thought was kind of dry, but, uh, you know, definitely cool. Um, it's not something I would want to watch again anytime soon, but I could, I could tell by watching it that it was certainly a classic of world cinema. But uh, we've definitely got into more of the more fun Bollywood movies uh, mm -hmm. in recent years. Yeah, the first, the first film I saw, uh, the first Bollywood film I saw wasn't Mother India, actually. It was um, a film called uh, Dilse from the late 90s by Rani Ratman with uh, Shuru Khan. Uh, mm -hmm. the king of Bollywood cinema, especially kind of 90s uh, to contemporary cinema. Um, and I loved it. I was absolutely mesmerized. It's, uh, it's, it's got all kind of the classics. It's a love triangle, but it also has a really interesting kind of a terrorism subplot. And um, the dance choreography is phenomenal. Shuru Khan, it's, it's, by, it's done by Farrah Khan, who's a bit of a celebrity dance choreographer and Shahrukh like dances on top of a train a moving train a moving train and it has some of these incredible like just images of like lovers in the desert or in like these amazing locations um and the, in these amazing costumes I was I, I was in love with it and then and that was in my intro class and then the following year I took film history and we watched Mother India, and I hate to say it, but my interest in Bollywood completely waned. I and I understand my Mother India is a classic. Um, it's been canonized, and it is definitely a must see if you are interested in um, a historical analysis of Bollywood, or even just kind of Indian history, really, because it's mm -hmm. it's showing off a pivotal moment in that country's. Uh, development after being a colony of the English, so it's it's important from that front as well. But it's it's definitely not something you want to throw on every now and then. Like it's 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 not a party movie. No, it's not. It's I mean I I found it a bit of a struggle. It's it's very long and it's about uh, it's a, it has a very strong socialist themes and it's about this woman, this mother who was really kind of beaten down by society and she comes to stand as a symbol for the nation. And the sticking point for me that, um, uh, about this film that kind of colored my opinion of Bollywood for years. It was all the tractors, right? No, not all the uh, tractors. Because you, you've watched a lot of Soviet movies as well. It, it's got more in common with those, honestly. It, it does, yeah. It has more in common with kind of like Strike by Eisenstein. Um, than it does with Hollywood. Mother India, by the time we get to contemporary Bollywood, which is what we'll mostly be discussing and what we're familiar with, I would say it has more in common with Hollywood at this point. Um, but no, it, 
It was the high-pitched female singing. <laughs> mm, yeah. That's definitely something that is, I think, stereotypical. Like, that's the stereotypical image of Bollywood is, you know, a really high-pitched song. But uh, when, you, when you dig into it, there's, a, there's a definitely a lot different ways of singing. And for some people, that seems to be a deal-breaker, but... Well, uh, and historically, that was popular in India. Um, and it, it almost reminds me of her Chinese opera again, like they like that really high pitched female voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I started watching contemporary films and so that honestly, like, you know, I, I am naive and I hate to say it, but that really colored my opinion and really kind of was a big hurdle for me wanting to explore more for years. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been, I guess it's been 10 years since I went into university and Six years since I finished, and you finished a little bit later than me, but the actual interest in commercial Bollywood and current Bollywood and kind of fun Bollywood has only now begun, like in the past year and a half or so. Yes. So um, after all this time, I I saw another Bollywood film again, Lutera, um, which stars Ranbir Singh, one of my favorite actors. We're going to go into him. He's going to come up. (laughs) Ranbir Singh will come up a lot. Um, and I was absolutely spellbound by it. It's an adaptation of O. Henry's The Last Leaf. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just fell for this movie, Hook, Line, and Sinker. It's a historical melodrama without any dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just started watching more of them and made you watch more of them. And we discovered that despite the fact that I would say we have rather, quote-unquote, highbrow or pretentious taste in film, we found ourselves gravitating to the most popular and commercial cinema possible. Yeah, I guess that I guess that ties into when we're talking about how it was difficult for us to get into. It shouldn't be really. I mean, mm. it, it, it's a it's a cinema type that's viewed by literally billions of people. And Upwards of three to four billion, half of the world's population watch Bollywood films. It has global reach. Yeah, but when you it's the largest film industry after Hollywood. But when you look into kind of film criticism, I guess popular film criticism, podcasts, or uh, even film reviews in Western websites and newspapers, you almost never see any coverage of Bollywood films, which is weird because they play everywhere. Exactly. And, and we're, we're like a, we're not a, we're not a big city. I mean, if you take all of the, uh, the places around the greater Edmonton area, I should say we live in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And we are not Indian. Um, we're... We're coming at this as outsiders, but genuine uh, cinephiles and film lovers. Yeah, enthusiasts. I mean, there's Bollywood movies, new ones playing every um, every week here. And if you were to look at the arts coverage in our newspapers and websites, there's nothing there. So we thought that rather than complaining about this and you know <laughs> not doing anything, we kind of want to add to the discourse and try and get people more interested in a really interesting uh, art form that uh, I think is it's it's the most populous thing in the world it's trying to actively be mm-hmm. entertaining it's it's not uh, eat your vegetables mother india aside uh, so we're just trying to you know get more people into it cuz we really like it we're we're enthusiastic about it and Honestly, there's not a lot of podcasts about it, so we're hoping to... <laughs> Fill maybe, that gap? Yeah. And, and really approach things from a, a critical analysis. We want to talk about the films, we want to talk about the themes, the aesthetics, the directors, the actors, and maybe sprinkle in a bit of gossip. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, on your other podcast, the uh, idea is to pit a quote-unquote your... highbrow movie oh, versus yeah. a lowbrow movie, and... Uh, declare a victor as the what you guys say but i think with bollywood everything is mixed together all the time and mm-hmm. you can examine all aspects of film you know concurrently and i think that's really fun well and it was really interesting to me how when i started to get into bollywood a couple of years ago um and then subsequently got you into bollywood um i guess i should say the movie that uh you showed me that mm-hmm. really uh you know Got me thinking, like, man, this is awesome, was Doom 3, (laughs) which any Bollywood fans out there know is super fun. It's the uh, Bollywood equivalent of the Fast and the Furious series, and it it features a scene in which two men uh, joust each other while doing wheelies on motorcycles, and they're jousting with sticks that are on fire. So it's, you know, 
super fun action in a fun, in an interesting, cool setting, and I was hooked. Yeah, and it's worth saying that Doom 3 is the first Bollywood film to crack the box office top 10 in North America, um, a feat that has been achieved a couple times since, um, and certainly uh, is indicative of Bollywood's popularity growing. Yeah, and um, to go back to the distribution angle, I mean, certain indie films, uh, indie Western indie films, get outsized amounts of coverage, I would say, in the arti- uh, the artistic uh, journals and media. And movies that are built for a bigger audience have a bigger reach and are shown in more screens across uh, across the world. They, sh- they deserve to get more talked about them, and that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, and we have, I mean, in a city like Edmonton, which is not, um, I mean, it's a major Canadian city, but we're not Toronto, we're not Vancouver. Um, Thankfully. We're lower on the totem pole. A Bollywood film comes out at least once a week. Um, as well as other language groups. As well as other language groups, yeah. Uh, Punjabi films and Tamil films. Um, Malayalam. And it was really surprising to me how globally these films are being released on the same day and playing in our mainstream multiplexes several times a day. It's completely open and transparent, but unless you are... Um, on the inside, but essentially, unless you're aware of this, you're not even going to notice this. But they're, yeah. you know, they're and they're not hidden. It's kind of like this open secret. And so I became really fascinated how, you know, Bollywood doesn't engage with kind of the larger mainstream film activities. Well, it doesn't need to. I mean, it's it's successful across the entire planet. The English language market, especially Canada, mm-hmm. is not enough. It, it's not important enough for them right now that uh, they feel the need to, you know, engage with us. But uh, but with, it's becoming more important. Yeah, with movies entering the top ten, you know, grossing each week and Bollywood I, f- titles streaming on Netflix. Yeah, I think the time it's better than ever to try and get into these things because your ex- access is getting there and. Uh, they're, you know, they're gaining in popularity and people are going to start talking about them and that's where we come in. easier than ever now to find Bollywood films of interest uh, that are subtitled in English, um, that are available in legal streaming sites or playing at your local theaters. Um, So there's really like an entire film industry to explore from a completely different culture that really like just wants to entertain you. Yeah, it's super exciting and... Like we said, it's for lovers. So you know, you could start, you could start enjoying some high quality, fun movies right now. And we're hoping to help you out on your journey. Uh, that being said, I think we have some Bollywood misconceptions to dispel because I have found, um, myself included, that until I started to get interested in Hindi cinema, I didn't necessarily know that much about it. And the things, the assumptions that are out there, um, are kind of so pervasive. Uh, that you might not necessarily realize that some of them are assumptions and misconceptions. Yeah, and, and especially you're coming from the academic background, and most people don't even have that, you know, backing up any suspicions that they might have. So let's let's dispel some myths. Okay, first of all, Bollywood does not mean Indian cinema. Yeah. Bollywood is a one film industry within India. It specifically refers to the Hindi cinema of Mumbai. Formerly Bombay. That's where the B comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, India has many, many, many different language groups. More than Europe, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, and each almost province has their own film industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but Bollywood just refers to the largest of them all and the most popular of them all and the most culturally relevant of them all. Some would say. Yeah, I guess I guess the Bollywood. Canadian equivalent would be Quebecois movies. <laughs> Because yes. that, that's where our uh, d- you know domestic film production is centered. Well, but where Quebecois cinema really appeals to kind of a minority within the country, Bollywood is consumed all over the country um, and across the world. It's very popular in England um, because of the large Indian population they have yeah, in England, the, the as Indian well as the Soviet Union. Well, the former Soviet the Union. The former Soviet the, Union. You know, that the, you know, we'll probably get into this in a later episode, but the socialist uh, leaning governments and the uh, of uh, India in the past kind of made, um, you know, the films and subject matter and kind of distribution into uh, socialist states 
a bit more palatable than the you know Yankee pig dogs, right? So it it kind of laid the groundwork for what's now an emerging marketplace. And this leads me into uh, my second misconception, and that is that Bollywood produces over a thousand films a year. Yeah, you hear, uh, or the, you hear this a lot. Or five hundred. You hear this a lot that it, it's kind of in often alarmist terms that... I read an article just the other day from a local entertainment writer who said that 800 Bollywood films come out a year. Yeah, it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of just like a it's, a... it's a misconception. I mean, with that sort of volume, there's also a bit of a, a suspicion that they're low quality, that they... Um, you well, know, they're cheaply made, they're yeah, fastly made. They're, yeah, all, all the things that would go along with a industry that is able to pump out that many movies. But what, what's the truth? Uh, it's about 150 a year, mm-hmm. um, which I think is even lower than Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, that number m- might refer to how many are coming out of India in a given year, because again, there are many, many different film, group, film industries within India. Yeah. Um, but Bollywood itself only produces and distributes about 158. I mean, there's like a billion people there. So There is a billion people uh, there. You know, take into it's account... It's like, what, one-sixth of the world's population? Yeah, take yeah. into account all the different movies being made in Europe, for instance, and that might be more of a example of how many movies are being produced by this amount of people, oh, or for this amount of people, let's say. That might make more sense. And people want to see, you know, films in their own language that they can identify with. Um, but Bollywood itself really, it's a, it's a large industry, but it does not make as many movies as people give it credit for often. Yeah. Um, the next one, Bollywood is not a genre. Yeah. Um, Bollywood is like Hollywood. It, it contains many different genres. But I think there's a problem when, um, Hollywood decides to kind of, um, dabble into Bollywood, and so I think of Slumdog Millionaire, not a Bollywood film, mm-hmm. uh, Bend It Like Beckham, uh, I guess those are both British films, but not a Bollywood film, or even Baz Luhrmann, uh, mm-hmm. there's a way that they use Bollywood like it is a genre. Yeah, and you're But good. actually, there are many genres within Bollywood. They make, you know... Well, every genre, basically. Every, and sometimes imagine, imagine in if, one movie. Yeah. <laughs> imagine it, well, yeah, that's that's the masala thing that we're going to get into probably, again, in a later episode. But imagine if, you know, someone just said, oh, I like Japanese cinema and I will incorporate this in my new film. Well, what are you talking about, uh, you know, uh, Chanbara dramas? Or are you talking about Ozu-style, mm-hmm. you know, domestic things? Are you talking about... Uh, samurai movies? Are you talking about anime? Are you talking about Yakuza films? I mean, there's there's a ton of things right there, and you're not just going to say Japanese, and that will be your be-all, end-all. Yeah, certainly there are some aesthetic conventions across the industry, um, but there's a lot more diversity than I think um, people might expect. Um, they you know they make crime films, they make rom-coms for sure, uh, a lot of melodramas, action films, sci-fi films, and a lot of kind of social-leaning films that really want to tackle um, interesting uh, socio-political issues. Mm-hmm. I guess sort of an issues film is a bit of a relic from Hollywood. They don't really do those anymore in the way that they would do, you know, here's a film about juvenile delinquency, or yeah. here's a film about the gangster epidemic in Chicago. That's sort of... How a, important it is to vote. Yeah, that sort of style of filmmaking, <laughs> yeah, like a Mr. Smith Goes to Washington or something, that sort of filmmaking has kind of fallen by the wayside in the Western world, but in, you know, the Bollywood sphere, uh, you can you can make a career out of just trying to bring certain issues to light, and... It's, it's of interest. Uh, this may be due to, you know, the different sorts of media that people use on a regular basis in India. For example, television didn't come on, along to a lot later in the game than we were used to. Or um, newspapers, uh, they're, because of all the language groups, it's difficult to have sort of a, a countrywide newspaper, that kind of thing. But the, is- the issue film is still alive and well. Well, and... There are a lot more genres that are a lot more marketable in Bollywood than I see in Hollywood. If you look at the top ten, the highest grossing Hindi films of all time, all of which are from the past five years, which just kind of shows, again, how Bollywood is continuing to grow and reach more audiences. You have a satire of religion. You have an action film. You have a superhero film. You have a rom-com coming-of-age film. You see a lot more diversity than just kind of the big budget 
um, you know, blockbuster type entertainment that you see in North America. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the Hollywood charts uh, do turn over pretty quickly as well. I mean, Titanic's still kicking in there, mm-hmm. and a couple other. And ones. Titanic really sticks out as kind of the only different sort of film on that list among the Avatars in the Jurassic worlds. Yeah, and all the superhero films, but. Uh, yeah, any other Well, I wanted to speaking spell? of genre, all Bollywood films are not musicals. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, that that's kind of a, not a fun stereotype, which those aren't cool, but it's it's kind of a, a misconception that Bollywood, you're going to, it's going to be four hours long, there's going to be a ton oh, of Oh, that's songs. my next misconception, that all the films are over three hours. Oh, well, let's just do both of them at the same time. <laughs> uh, Bollywood films, not all of them feature singing. And not all of them are super long. And not all of them feature dancing, much to our sadness. Yeah, I mean, those are <laughs> uh, cards on the table. Those are the ones we prefer, is with fun singing uh, and dancing. Not always. Those, those are the ones I prefer. I'll say that so much. I that's that's a part of the entire film medium that I really enjoy. But you know, you get the social issue, the social issues movie. Uh, it's it's trying to be serious. It doesn't have time for a somewhat frivolous song and dance routine. But or it might just not, uh, you know, fit into the larger themes and aesthetic. Or the director, um, you know, that might not be their specialty, that kind of thing. It Just like just like Hollywood films, they're each done with a different intent in mind. And to say that every Bollywood film has a certain length and a certain means by which it's made, that's, you know, that's a myth that we're hoping to dispel. They do all feature music. Um, which is really interesting because music is such an important part of the fabric of a Bollywood film as well as the marketing. So even the films that don't feature singing and dancing still have songs written for them that are in the film. But sometimes, um, as opposed to kind of an elaborate spectacle type scene using the song, it will be a way to kind of uh, show the passage of time or, you know, quickly like what characters are doing, the But they use it in the same way that you would kind of a musical interlude in a Hollywood film. Yeah, I guess I guess it's different from like the kind of classical Hollywood uh, uh, orchestral theme. It's more um, it's there, but there's often a lot more voice in the songs. Um, And it's and it's usually tied into the marketing aspects of the film because they want to create hit songs so people go see the movies. Yeah, that's something I really like about it. Like, when I first saw that aspect of it, that there's usually a music video for every single song in every movie, (laughs) no matter if like it is a musical film, or if that video even features in the film. Some of the films. Without singing and dancing, they'll still cut a music video with the actors. Yeah, it it, it actually kind of reminds me of when they would do that for movies in the 90s where you'd have a music video for, you know, Wild Wild West or something. I mean, you didn't really need to make that. You just made a song called Wild Wild West. This is to Will Smith, who's obviously listening. He, He did write a song to go with his movie, and then there's a music video to go with that song. But this is kind of like if every movie had that sort of little add-on. But I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I like that extra level of marketing, that there is a music video. You can get the song as a ringtone if you want. Like, they they know that there are different revenue streams and different people that people the ways that people like to interact with films. And, yeah. they're, and they're, aware, they're aware of that. And they're, you know, right there for you. I think when you enjoy something, you want it to kind of take up a bigger kind of place in your life you want to revisit it and unfortunately you don't have the time to always sit down and watch an entire film but being able to get you know the hit songs and listen to them on your ipad um, and they're usually they can be very high energy um, or they can just be very beautiful i mean these guys they know how to write catchy catchy tunes yeah um, I, I it's think we'll a probably, great way to keep that song around i think we'll or probably, that movie around yeah well, i think we'll probably do a whole episode on our favorite Bollywood music if not a few but, and uh, some of the films um, that do still feature singing and dancing sometimes only have, you know, two or three dance numbers in its runtime, which, again, like, doesn't make it a musical. It has aspects of musicals, but there's very few Bollywood films that we have seen that I would call straight-up musicals. They're usually more incorporating that as a part. As for the runtime, I will say yes. On average, Bollywood cinema is longer than your average Hollywood picture. 
That being said, I mean, Transformers, the latest Transformers was two hours and 40 minutes, which is longer than most Bollywood films we watch. Every they, bullshit Christopher Nolan movie or <laughs> Avatar, all those are getting into the two and a half hour runtime. And if you can stand that... You can handle a Bollywood movie. Yeah. And yeah, there are the ones that, you know, are three hours, um, and then some that creep up to four, and one that we're going to watch that's five and a half. Um, but on average, I find them about to be about two and a half hours. And they also, they go by really quickly. They pack so much information, they're so condensed, and they're so enjoyable that it really doesn't feel like... You know, they're not, I think along movies, people have this expectation that they're going to be slow and boring. And how can something maintain my attention for that long? But this is just like, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes feels like 10. I mean, there's usually just a lot of plot and a lot of things to keep straight <laughs> in your head. And you're, you don't really have time to get bored, honestly. But uh, were there any other uh, misconceptions you, know, you wanted those, to do? Those are all our misconceptions. I think it's time for interval. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess going back to the length thing, uh, most... Uh, Many of the longer Bollywood films, they have an intermission or an interval. All Bollywood films have an interval. And we, we looked this up, and <laughs> this was a convention in, in Hollywood films for a long time. Uh, Gone with the Wind, you know, uh, Lawrence of Arabia uh, 2001, I think, had one. Yeah. But the last uh, Hollywood film that had a straight-up intermission, Pearl Harbor 2001. Really? Yeah, that, that film, the Michael Bay film, was, you know, decently long, and it... Felt the need to have an intermission. And as we w always seek to emulate Michael Bay in all things, <laughs> more probably Bollywood, that's more what we're going for, uh, our, our podcast is going to feature an interval, an intermission for each one. So here it is, and we're going to probably pop a little song in here too. So enjoy that, and we'll be back uh, shortly. मैं डालू ताल पे भंगड़ा तू भी गिद्दा पाले चल रंग जमा दे हमके बने सभी मत वाले so welcome back lovers um I guess the other thing we wanted to get done in our first episode would be to recommend a Bollywood movie to someone who is a complete beginner. Who, Like we once were only a year ago. Yeah. Like what movie do we think is a great intro film for someone who's interested in starting to learn about the form and what is not off-putting, what doesn't have some of the weirder aspects of Bollywood movies, which well, I'm sure we'll get into. There's... There's quite a few things that strike us as a little bit strange, considering that we're, you know, from our background. But we wanted to figure out what... Or a good film for someone to watch if you think you might not enjoy Bollywood. Yeah, something you know, to... Something to try out. Something to break those preconceptions. And I'm going to go first, because Erin has promised to surprise me with hers. It's not that surprising. Uh, mine is called Dil de Darkene Do, and it came out this year, the... Uh, the the title means Let the Heart Beat. Uh, yes, Dill means heart. Yeah. We don't speak Hindi, but I, you know, we know a smattering of words we're from picking, titles. We're picking up words here and there. Uh, the film was directed by Zoya Akhtar and features Anil Kapoor, Shafali Shah, Priyanka Chopra, Ranveer Singh, Farhan Akhtar, and Anushka Sharma. So the movie, like I said, came out this year, a couple months ago, and will soon be available through our preferred means of accessing Bollywood movies uh, through iTunes. Uh, what we found about iTunes is that generally you're, you're, you know, you're getting the HD picture, everything looks great, and the subtitles are pretty good as well. It's just convenient to use and easy to get at. It's worth saying um, we encourage getting your films through legal means, um, not just because then... You're, you know, supporting the industry and, you know, showing that there's people around the world that want to watch these movies, but also because then you're going to get better picture quality and better subtitles. Uh, so the three best places we've found have been iTunes, probably our favorite. Um, there's a few streaming on Netflix, um, as well as the library. If you know you have a good local library, they might have a collection of Bollywood films and you can be sure that those DVDs are legal copies. Yeah, they'll buy the legit ones. Anyway, so Delta Dark Nido just came out. 
It is about an older couple. I'm going to say they're in their, you know, early 60s. They've been married for 30 years. They've been married a long time. She got married when she was like a teenager, so. Yeah, they are pretty well off. So not quite 60s, probably 50s, 40s. The man, played by Neil Kapoor, he runs a, some sort of shipping company. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so uh, they're, they're doing pretty well. And to celebrate their, you know, big anniversary, they've got all their friends and all their family to come with them on a boat tour, a cruise ship. Of the Mediterranean. So they go to Turkey, they go to Greece and other places. Mm-hmm. And along the way, uh, drama. Lots of drama. <laughs> so much drama. Yeah. So while well, on the outset, they seem like a pretty well-adjusted family. On the inside, they are all dealing with their own personal struggles. So Anil Kapoor, for instance, knows that his company is basically going under. And he's spending a lot on this uh, trip as well. So he's kind of... Going in a little bit concerned with what's going on. His wife, played by Ishfali Shah, uh, she's, over the course of some years, figured out that he, he's been cheating on her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she's a little bit anxious about him meeting various women on this trip. And she usually takes to just eating, you know, stress eating to deal with this problem. And uh, then gets kind of criticized by it, for it by her husband. Yeah. Priyanka Chopra p- plays the daughter who is we find, trapped in a loveless relationship with a man who... Marriage. A loveless marriage. Yeah, a loveless marriage. And she doesn't want to have any kids with this guy. And she herself is a very successful businesswoman. She started a, a travel website that is doing pretty well. I think she was in the Forbes 100 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So she's doing really well. Uh, the problem is that uh, the company is slated to go to... The son, who's played by... The shipping company of the families, not Priyanka Chopra. Yeah, not Priyanka Chopra's company. Neil Kapoor's company. It's slated to go to Ranveer Singh, who is... He doesn't really have a head for business. He's, Nepotism he, at its finest. Yeah, he's a dreamer. <laughs> uh, one of the early scenes of the film, he's trying to do a presentation, and he really, really screws it up. He really just loves flying. Yeah, he has this uh, he has this um, prop plane that he likes to fly around, and that's his dream, really. He'd, he'd, he'd be happy being a commercial pilot, but his father is insistent that he takes over the company. Uh, and um, Farhan Akhtar, who's a great actor, I, I'm sure we're going to have a whole episode about that guy, because he's a, he's a writer, he's a singer, he's a director, director he's an actor, like, he's great. And is the director's brother. Yeah, uh, he uh, he plays uh, his name's Sonny, I think. Yeah, he's a uh, a friend of the family who had a uh, you know a love relationship with Priyanka, but went away to school. And what we kind of figure out was a a ploy by uh, their father to keep them apart, so mm-hmm. you know they could have this uh, Priyanka to have this more advantageous match with uh, this guy who we find out's kind of an asshole later on. Man of yeah, um, Sonny comes back and. <laughs> He basically throws a monkey wrench into all of Priyanka's plans because she's basically still in love with him. Again, very dramatic. And finally, Anushka Sharma plays a uh, dance teacher slash performer performer who's on the cruise ship. And her and uh, Ranveer hook up. And again, Ranveer is probably supposed to be marrying another uh, rich uh, Punjabi Well, they're trying woman. to set him up on this cruise with another girl. Well, they're a more, try- a, yeah, a Punjabi girl from another well-off family. They're trying to set him up with the intent of saving, saving, the, company. saving the company because yeah. they need an influx of cash and marrying him off to a girl is probably the best way to do it. Well, because then they'll get her family to invest in the company. Exactly. So why did I choose this film? Well, I just want to say like that this film really wants to deal with kind of the hypocrisies of keeping up appearances and pretending that, you know, you have a perfect family. Also, it is narrated by the family's dog, Pluto. The the person <laughs> who is playing Pluto, we'll we're not going to say, surprise. but that is very cool, especially if you know a few Bollywood movies. The guy who's playing the dog, great. Um, <laughs> I've, I've seen Del Dodocane Do uh, referenced as being sort of a Wes Anderson uh, family drama mm-hmm. film. And I, I gotta say, I don't disagree. I mean, it doesn't really have the sort of uh, arch dialogue and fanciful storybook settings that uh, Wes Anderson usually does, but it does share a uh, sense of, uh, you know, eccentric, rich people kind of falling apart at the seams. Um, I think it's maybe more like a fun version of a Noah Baumbach movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think it's it's a it's a mode that uh, Western cinephiles will be able to get into pretty easily. 
Uh, it all, in addition to that, um, you know, great performances all around. Especially, I think Ranveer Singh does an excellent job of being a little bit confused by his situation and also falling in love with a girl he's just met. He's really good at that. Uh, but I also think that the location shooting uh, is really good in this too. So you get fun locations across the Mediterranean, and uh, like this introduces you to the fact that Bollywood films often seem to act as a travelogue for their mm-hmm. viewers. And, you know, that's just kind of a fun entryway into that aspect of Bollywood filmmaking. It's a bit more... I find it a bit more naturalistic than some other Bollywood films, which I think makes it a good gateway drug. Um, well, yeah. The, all, the all, dance yeah. sequences, there are a couple dance sequences, and they're wonderful. I think there's three or four dance sequences, and the fun thing about them, them is that... I'll pull out a fancy film studies term here. They're diegetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... And like Anushka Sharma, as we said, she's a performer on the ship and she sings a song. Uh, there's a kind of drinking party song that everyone sings. And there's a song where uh, Ranveer and Anushka are falling in love with each other. And if you're the sort of person who doesn't like in musicals how you know people at the drop of a hat will start singing and it transforms into a whole different mm. world somehow, which, you know, shame on you, that's cool. <laughs> but if, if for whatever reason that bothers you... I feel like the uh, the way that the songs and the dances in the film are interact with each other and feel a part a, a part of one whole that should be less of a less of a uh, you know, hurdle kind of a hurdle for you if you want to get into this film. Well, and I also feel like um, it's a really entertaining film, um, but it's also really relatable. I think that the issues that all these people are dealing with are things that, you know, we encounter in, like, that everyone can really identify with this idea of, you know, again, wanting to keep up with appearances and, you know, present yourself in a certain way and how that influences people and the anxiety of dealing with what other people think about you. I know my rich shipping magnate father will, (laughs) wants me to take over his business and it's been very stressful for me because I want to, I want to be a ukulele player. I'm just going to say it right now. I... (laughs) I, I feel my, my soul belongs to the arts and not to the soulless business world. But it shows how these films aren't um, frivolous. They, they aren't about frivolous things. I think there's some really kind of interesting uh, criticisms, uh, societal criticisms at the heart of Dilda Dakanaido. Um, and it really, it's really affecting um, mm-hmm. as well as being really entertaining. It's not, it's not frivolous in any way. Um, it's really kind of moving. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, still features a lot of humor, still features some excellent singing and dancing. Any movie with a dog I'm predisposed to like, because, <laughs> come on, dogs, right? They're good. And we should talk also a bit about how affecting Priyanka Chopra is. Mm-hmm. Um, she, Her dealing with this marriage, um, it, you get really kind of an understanding of certain aspects of Indian culture in this film, because she is upset that because she is married, that she now belongs to a different family. She no longer belongs to the Maras, um, where she more identifies with because she doesn't really want to have a child with her husband. She doesn't really get along with him. His mother-in-law is a pain in the ass. And in Indian culture, when when you say that you gained a daughter and, you know, when you, that sort of old thing that people trot out at weddings, you literally, if, a, if you marry into someone's family... You are out of your own. Well, if you're a woman, you marry into the husband's family. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of left uh, in the lurch. And, you know, her issues are tied to feminism, to this idea of uh, equality. And the film is very forthright about that. And to see kind of this progressiveness, um, I think, is really refreshing and really important. You know, the things I see in Bollywood are far more progressive than the th- gender-wise, than a lot of the things I see in Hollywood. That's not to say um, that they're that it's always like that. Yeah. Um, but I find a lot of the new films um, really want to push some of those boundaries. Yeah, and I know one thing that you always appreciate is that uh, objectification of beautiful forms is not centered solely on oh, women. Well, this leads me to my suggestion. All right, let's hear it. Okay, so. I think this will be a bit of a controversial choice. Um, And I weighed my options for a lot of different films. Um, But I wanted something that touched on 
as many aspects of Bollywood as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, sort of a Bollywood sampler platter. Huh? Yeah, but that was still like really engaging and really entertaining for new audiences who might not be familiar with Bollywood. With the, so. with the tropes and stuff, right? Exactly. So I wanted something with melodrama. Mm-hmm. I wanted something with romance. I wanted something with action. I wanted something with a lot of spectacles. Mm-hmm. Um like I said earlier, the film that kind of really started introducing me to Bollywood was Lutera, which I would highly recommend. But, you know, it doesn't have a lot of comedy, it doesn't have a lot of action, it doesn't have a lot of spectacles. Um, so, I went with... <laughs> I, again, this is going to be a controversial choice, because at one point, this film was ranked as the worst on IMDb. <laughs> oh, I know the one. I, I've written about this film, and I'm quite aware, but what is yeah. it? Lay it on me. It is Gunde. Gunde. Uh, which means outlaws. Uh, now, this film got in a lot of hot water because of its representation of uh, the Bangladesh liberation. Yeah, uh, it came out last year. Maybe give us a year. little bit more details before you do the deep dig. Okay. Uh, so, it's... Directed by Ali Abbas Zafar, it stars Priyanka Chopra again, Ranveer Singh again, Arjun Kapoor, and Irfan Khan. It is about two friends, Bikram and Bala, uh, who are orphans. And They're orphaned in the partition off of uh, Bangladesh from India, so yeah. in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. Um, they come to India, they're poor orphans, and they become kind of coal smugglers and build a criminal empire. Um, yeah. And they're... In Calcutta. They're the famous, the favorite sons, right? Yeah. And they're best friends. Nothing can break them apart. Until, until they some, meet... Until something does. <laughs> until they meet Priyanka Chopra, who is this beautiful cabaret singer that captures both of their hearts. They make a pact uh, that only one will be with her, and they then de- make they then proceed to court her in, she, in their own way. Yeah. In their own way, she clues in and says, "Well, it's going to be her decision on who she's going to be with," and invites them to come to a cinema hall. We'll do as she will then make her choice. Well, a guy starts heckling her. Arjun Kapoor loses his temper, ends up killing him. And he's on the run. They're separated. Meanwhile, Priyanka confesses to Ranveer that he's she's in love with him. But Ranveer and Arjun had made this deal yeah. that they would wait till they were back together and neither would have her in the absence. If that sounds like a lot of plot summary, that's basically <laughs> like the first half of the movie. And so what happens is Meanwhile that, though, yeah, Irfan well, Khan is yeah. a cop who's trying to take them down. Sure. But like that that doesn't even scratch the surface of this movie. Basically, the the two main guys, Bikram and Bala, they become bitter enemies, and the you know a war erupts between them. And so does a lot of entertainment. A lot of entertainment. Um, again, I think this is a controversial choice because it did have um, some uh, political distaste around it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it. It seems like people in the Bangladeshi community didn't like the way that it kind of portrayed the creation of that country Mm -hmm. that bothered them. Uh, But, and this in turn led to a dramatic decline in the IMDb scores of the film. But I mean, that's not a huge problem for me. I mean, think of something like Argo, which won Best Picture, which, you know, grossly misrepresents, uh, you know, the history of that event. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, while some people would, will point this out, you know, no one's kind of leading, you know, us in Canada who were misrepresented in that film aren't leading a campaign to yeah. smear it. But that kind of ties into the fact that if you're a Bollywood movie and you didn't piss off some group somewhere, you're kind of not doing it right. Because that, that seems to happen every single time. There's some religious group that gets angry or some, you know, trade group. There, there's always a big controversy when you got a big film. So I think... You know, that that just comes with success. Yeah, so controversy aside, why have I chosen this film? Yeah. Well, because it includes all of those elements that I was talking about earlier. The dance number, the the songs and dance numbers here are awesome. They're Mm -hmm. well choreographed. They're super catchy songs. um, And they include kind of, you know, spectacle. Lush costumes. um, Wonderful cinematography. Everyone looks awesome. Yeah. Um, if that's if that's what the '70s and '80s looked like in Calcutta, I mean that, that's I, I would love to go there because everything looks 
great. Beautiful people doing, you know, exciting things. Uh, Arjun mm-hmm. Kapoor and Ranveer Singh both look amazing in this film. I'm pretty sure they sweat baby oil. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot of shirtless dudes. If, if that's your thing, a lot of shirtless You're going to love it. Uh, Priyanka Chopra herself also looks awesome. Super and hot. Irfan Khan is one of the best actors currently working in Bollywood. And even though this is more of kind of a popcorn flick, um, as opposed to some of the more serious films he does, he still brings his gravitas to the film. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be really funny at times and features, you know, like you know, a really beautiful love story as well as an even more beautiful bromance. Uh, there's some really kind of exciting and uh, energetic action scenes. There is some excellent, like, just straight-up battles in this movie. There's a scene in which... Uh, Arjun Kapoor and Ranveer Singh, who are at this point fighting, they basically grab each other by the back of their their jacket and pull, and then both of their shirts explode off. (laughs) And then, you know, they're just glissing there and just beating the crap out of each other. It's it's almost like a Renaissance painting, really. Just kind of the attention to detail put put into the way these dudes look is awesome. It's also, you know, only about two hours long, um, so it's not pushing any run times. Um, and again, I think it has something for everyone. It's really engaging. And I think coming from an outside perspective, if you've never seen a Bollywood film before, this one's really easy to digest. There's, you know, not not a lot of questions. You don't um, really need to know a lot about the history as well. I mean, uh, yeah. it, it does fill you in on why these guys were orphaned and what happened to them. And while it doesn't really explain why the, the coal trade is such an important deal... Uh, it does, it, it, you know, it establishes well enough the world that it takes place in. Also, I might add, it, it does, like, it's not like a, like a Scarface or that kind of movie where the hero is dealing in something that we in the audience know is just really bad. Uh, the fact that they're kind of stealing coal and then selling it to people... It's more well, of a Robin Hood type yeah, situation. It, it, it's kind of like a virtuous, uh, a virtuous cycle of, you know crime basically so and wealth redistribution yeah yeah one thing you didn't mention is that they are building hospitals they're giving money to nuns i mean there's a reason why these guys are calcutta's favorite sons so it if you're the sort of person who doesn't really like gangster movies it's not quite that sort of movie so you know you can get over that hurdle pretty easily yeah it's really it really kind of comes down to this love triangle between the three characters and love triangles are certainly uh, a theme that we will talk endlessly mm-hmm. <laughs> in on this podcast um, because they show up a lot in Bollywood. But I think kind of the basic drive and crux of this film uh, is really kind of easy to understand um, and really enjoyable and it's really entertaining. And so that's why I, rec- I recommend it. Um, it's not my favorite Bollywood film I've seen. It's not the best Bollywood film I've seen, but I think it's the best one for newcomers. It's the Bollywood combo platter, like I said before. Exactly. Um, so, with that being said, Matt, who would you recommend Bollywood cinema to? Sure. So I guess when I'm thinking about uh, various groups of people that I know who I would recommend getting into Bollywood cinema to, there, there's a few different options. I mean, if you're a fan of musicals, by all means, you're going to find a lot of great music and dancing and super fun you know, choreography. That's totally going to be your jam. If, uh, like myself, you're a fan of English literature... I think that there is a sort of Shakespearean aspect to a lot of mm-hmm. uh, Bollywood movies. There's a lot of people taking on hidden roles. There's a lot of sort of like one little piece of misinformation spiraling out into a huge problem. A uh, lot of tragic love stories. A lot it, of loyalty. Yeah, a lot of you know loyalty being an issue. A lot of family struggles. I think if... That's something that appealed to you when you were reading Shakespeare back in the day. I think that's something that uh, Bollywood brings to the table that Hollywood, for a lot of uh, reasons, doesn't really do anymore. Well, and I think that's because Bollywood is really focused on emotions. Um, It wants to give its audience uh, an emotional experience. And in that sense, it works in that logic as opposed to kind of a narrative logic. It's about the characters and the feelings before it's about kind of showing you a twisty turny story, yeah. um, and that's one of the reasons that I really appreciate it. 
mm-hmm. um, because it, you know, it's it's high melodrama a lot of times, and that can be really cathartic and really engaging and really entertaining. I guess if you know, for more of a cinephile stance, the uh, cinematography and mise en scène in Bollywood films can be absolutely breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the films are often shot in amazing locations, and the colors and the just just the way the movies look a lot of the times will take your breath away so if you're a fan of bollywood already thank you for joining us and if you're not thank you for listening and we hope that you give one of these films a shot and everyone join us for our next episode which will be up in two weeks Mm -hmm. and we will be looking at uh stars another very important aspect of Bollywood cinema. So we'll be looking at Amitabh Bachchan, The Three Khans, um, as well as, you know, some of the leading ladies of Bollywood and the new generation of stars that are, you know, currently in a lot of the contemporary films that are coming up. Yeah. Uh, Great. So where can people find you online, Erin, if they want to talk to you about how much they like the podcast? I am on Twitter at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. And I'm also on Twitter at uh, Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter as well, at Bollywood Pod, and we have a Tumblr. Yeah, we've got a Tumblr set up. It's uh, bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com. We've got an Ask Us set up there, so if you have any questions you'd like to us to you know expound upon, please send them there, or just let us know on Twitter. And if you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review and a star rating. That really helps other people find the show and helps us spread the gospel of Bollywood. Um, and yeah, drop us a line on Twitter if you have any recommendations, anything, any questions, anything you'd like us to discuss in future episodes, and we will attempt to do that. Great. Well, thank you for listening.